Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Dust World Neon Cities. We're just going to take a few minutes and catch you up on some stuff that's happening. So why don't you take it away, Tanner? Thanks. So I was just saying that my podcast, Pit of the West, recently reached a thousand views. So that was really awesome. And also just something weird that I realized I'm going to be recording on three separate podcasts this week. I've got one for my library branch and we basically two of my coworkers and I talked about the new Dune movie. So that was cool. And then on Saturday, I'm going to be on a really fun show called Bad Movies Rule, and we're going to be talking about the Will Smith classic Wild Wild West. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> awesome. So that's really sweet. The Dust World RPG is coming along. I just got 11 pages back of manga that are how we are going to help people understand how to play the game. So instead of just having, you know, like a few pages of nothing but text, just blocks and blocks of text, me and Blaze and our other writer, 
we wrote a manga and then I hired an artist to draw it. And so it's super dope. Not that there's anything wrong with blocks and blocks of text as a writer, but (laughs) yeah, but nobody wants to read blocks of text unless you're reading a novel. Yeah. So you guys can all check out his writing blog, better life living through low self-esteem or something. Yes. Better living through low self-esteem. So you want to check out what blaze is up to check that out. Yeah. I think that's about it. The RPG empire is going strong we have a bunch of sort of like periphery people that were like connected to the pit of the west dungeons and pop the gothic podcast a couple of the guys have been on that so that's pretty much what's going on thanks for listening and let's hop into the episode last time on dust world neon city helix heights it's late at night the rain is pelting on the windows the sound of hover cars flying back and forth, deliveries, drones. Off in the distance, sirens can be heard. Small rumbles from explosions. Stuff is just happening all over the city. It's alive in so many ways. The camera comes in and through the vents, traveling this endless network. And slowly as it travels through, small objects catch our eye. Little tiny Creatures living in the vents, small squids, tiny little things moving back and forth as if almost like ants. They're carrying, relaying messages here and there. And we continue to move deeper and deeper in this labyrinth until finally we come out in a small and quaint apartment with a metal table as the central focus. Two circular rooms joined by a third in the middle and around the table sit several unlikely friends. We have Miller, the doctor, infected, distraught, targeted. We have Monday, the swordsman, under a code, has an oath, can't always break through. We have Clarence Wells, the amnesiac, fighter, looking for himself, looking for the future. We have Tuck, A new friend, confused, strong, but something else. And as they all sit around eating, there's this tension as they keep side-eyeing this container. It's small, it's metallic. It's about the size of a large watermelon. It has technical readouts all over it something depicting almost like uh, life signs. It has temperature gauges. We're not sure what's in it, but it seems like it's what's on everybody's mind. As Doc reaches out and presses a few keys, his apt hands knowing which keys to press because somehow this device is covered in medical technology. Slowly a hiss and steam starts filling the room out of the top as the top and the sides fold open, almost blooming like a flower, revealing a glass container inside. And in this container, there's a face staring back at them. Grin. Was your name Carmichael? It's foggy, it's it's familiar. I, um, I don't, 
Ah, it's been so long. I, I think, I think that is my name. It's not human. It's not human, those eyes. It's not human. It's not human. It's not human. Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dustworld Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dustworld RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what, we got the smog's gonna choke you out, have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted. But secretly, he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here, we got his right-hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well, then you're in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. So we're back in your apartment. All of these crazy things have just happened. What are you guys doing now? Doc is going to get up. Monday is helping him out, so but he's going to get to his own feet. And he says, uh, Monday, I, uh, I, I, I'm i sorry. I just need a second to process what I saw in there. And uh, Doc is going to go to the balcony and just kind of like get himself a little bit of fresh air. So Doc uh, exits and goes onto the balcony. It's raining. It's nighttime. Cars are kind of flying by. Uh, level it going up and down and to and fro uh, all over the place. Monday, what were you going to do? Monday is now extremely curious as to what's in the box and is currently trying to work up the courage to go look at it. Yeah, I think as as the doc walks by and you're like staring off, you hear a voice. Uh, hey, guys, uh, Clarence is like freaking out and uh, I'm not really sure what to do. OK. Monday is going to walk up to Clarence and he's going to do like a kind of heavy-handed dope slap on him. <laughs> nice. Pow! Okay. I'm tempted to side blast here. Do it. I want to see what happens. All right. Oh no, he got a 12. Oh no. <laughs> oh, well. Wow. Well, okay. That figures. You do something showy and you force them where you want them. Do harm, ignore his uh, armor. Okay, <laughs> oh, whatever. Boy. I think that's the only harm Silent Monday's ever done. <laughs> it was, it was friendly fire. As Monday smacks Clarence, his eyes just all of a sudden like full on bright white glow, burn bright style as this pink energy like shoots off of him and it just hits Silent Monday square in the face and he just goes end over end backwards onto the floor um, it would be really loud if Silent Monday could scream because it hurts so bad. Um, but because he can't scream, everyone just sees his body convulsing on the floor. Everybody being Tuck, who's like, damn. 
And then in a really creepy voice that's not that typical of Clarence, but almost like a before-time Clarence, a Clarence that nobody ever got to see in the present company, Clarence says, You shouldn't have done that. And then I do actually uh, kind of snap out of it. It's like, what just happened? Monday after he's done convulsing is now glaring daggers at you. What did you do to me? Oh, uh, you were kind of crazy, and he, like, tried to I'm wake you up. I'm not talking to you. Oh, okay. That was kind of harsh, but... Monday's kind of pointing to his head angrily and then pointing to your head. You need to be a little bit more careful. Don't slap me in the face. Who taught you that was the way to... I'm sorry. I... I... I don't think I was completely in control, but you kind of walked into that one. I can only be so apologetic. The text, no shit, Sherlock's going to pop up on Monday's chest. Except it glitches for a sec, thanks to getting knocked over. Well, you know, uh, apparently it needed to be said. <sighs> is is Miller all right? Uh, Miller's outside. Uh, I think yeah. Tuck kind of points... Uh, he went for a smoke break or something. Why is a um, doctor smoking? I don't know. Um, Strangest doctor I've ever met. Uh, I guess this just happened. Miller, you hear some crashing sounds inside. You might be a little worried, uh, but what are you doing out here? Miller was just settling into a good brood um, when, uh, you know, moodily staring out at the... Um, cyberpunk landscape you know maybe a nice slow shot of the city and you know all the neon advertisements and he was just about to dramatically light up a cigarette when it was interrupted from some crashing inside so dot like frustrated with this throws open the door and says now what the hell's going on now he slapped me and then monday things happened why'd you slap clarence Monday is going to the text. Uh, Clarence was convulsing, and you were busy. I was not convulsing. Okay. I just no. He was he was kind of convulsing. No, I'm okay. just cold. Also, Monday's kind I of just... uh, mopping up some blood from his nose and his ears from that. Are you bleeding? He's gonna point at Clarence. Clarence, <laughs> he's kind of like like a father admonishing. His children. I know, he's that's like, what I was just thinking. Yeah, yeah. I think you hear a voice and he's like, I'm really feeling like the strange third uncle. <laughs> <laughs> he kind Let's, of doc mutters under his breath, you're, you're, the, you're the weird uncle, all right. <laughs> Listen, and he says, I, I can't be held responsible. I wasn't even myself. Who, who goes up and just slaps people to wake them up? Like, you can't get them a hot cocoa or anything. Well, I think he was concerned about you that you were perhaps having a seizure of some sort. So, as a doctor, maybe you, um, is it your medical profession to slap people in the faces when they're having epileptic seizures? Well, no, but Monday is not a doctor. Well, so I believe that you do owe him an apology. I've already apologized. I will only apologize right. so much. Do not simply come over and slap me. I was I kind of the fair. king of the pit for a while. Monday I'm shrugs. Still, like a big sort deal. of the psychomancer. 
Why do I want hot cocoa for some reason? Uh, that goes to make the team of some hot cocoa. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like just to patch things up. Tuck kind of like slides a cup of hot cocoa like away. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so that happens. Uh, You guys, you guys, I think, have a little bit of heightened tension um, as as you are, you know, kind of dealing with this. Um, And I think as that happens, you get a call on your uh, sort of home hollow phone. Uh, it starts to ring. You guys pick it up. Doc will answer. So the phone answers and Hanzo is sitting in his desk. The office is dim and smoky for some reason. There's, you know, the cool beams of light uh, kind of like sliced by uh, Venetian blinds. And he leans in close and you see around the image, there are these... uh, this red border with numbers rapidly moving through it. And you know that this signifies that the image, the uh, call is being encrypted and you hear, ah, hello team. I wanted to say, I saw that you have intercepted the football and I wanted to let you know that there are several other teams uh, vying for that champion position and uh, and trying to intercept and tackle your quarter back and get that football back. So make sure you run it all the way to the end zone or you'll be found out. Uh, you'll find yourself in the out zone with no catcher or something. <laughs> Anzo Doc, knows nothing about Doc's sports, does like, Yeah. <laughs> Doc is going to roll his eyes. And he's going to say, all right, you got it, coach. What the hell are you talking about? I think he's trying to be subtle or something, and it ain't really working. And with no, that, what's the, a football? the channel just closes. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what do you a mean, what's a football? What's a really? football? Monday's going to use this chance to peg Clarence in the head with a uh, Nerf football. <laughs> You are really playing with fire. What the hell is that? I told you not to throw that in the damn apartment. <laughs> oh, yeah, go long. And uh, Tuck picks it up outside. and throws it. And I think uh, <laughs> he, like, throws it. And Monday almost jumps onto the table, knocking over the the head. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Doc grabs it, like, before Monday can get it. And he's like, I'm going to lock this up if you two can't. Be responsible with it. I said football is outside. That looks nothing like a foot. <laughs> it. You know what, Clarence? I don't this understand. This is all over. You and I are going to have a long talk about football. And no, why? I don't want to know. Why can't we just play chess like proper people? I can understand chess metaphors. Because Clarence, mm-hmm. chess is boring. It's true. I stopped playing. I still understand chess metaphors more. All right. Well, okay. This is our king. And Doc picks up the Icarus and kind of shakes it around. And he's like, this is our king. Yeah, it's sort of like sarcastically. And he says, this is our king. Um, Monday, you're a knight. I'm a rook. And Clarence, you're a bishop. 
We got to do our best to protect our king and hopefully not sacrifice ourselves. Hey, Doc, hey Doc hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't you think he should be the queen? Because, I mean, you know, the queen is like the second best piece. It could go all over the board in every direction, any way it wants to. And also is cool. And he, like, gives a wink, a wink Neither to Neither one of you has ever played chess, have you? Monday raises his uh, hand. Forget it. I play chess Literally. like all the time with you. I mean, I suck at it, but I Yeah, I, I always try. beat you. Anyway. Yeah, at least I know what the damn pieces are called. Well, it, it, congratulations. <laughs> Do you even know what ampassade is? Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, Omelette? What? Let's uh, see. So, all right. Listen, let's... I think we've looked into this thing enough. It's time to convey it to its location. Um, before we do that, I would like a little bit of time with this concilium. Because I feel like, uh, I am not playing with a full deck of cards. Now I'm just getting confused with all the metaphors it's here. It's true. Well, I, the chess one wasn't going to work as well. If you lose all your pawns, you can still turn one into a queen. And it's something halts in me, and like for a second, my eyes become a little bit unfocused, and then I stop. It's like I, I, I don't know what I was saying. Something, something, chess. I would like to uh, look into the crystal concilium. Now, all right. Let's uh, let's have you sit down and listen. I I gotta ask Clarence because I don't particularly want to. What do you want us to do if we think you're in trouble? You know, like you're freaking out or seizing up or whatever. What do you... Wait it out. I will get over it in time. But... Doc looks very concerned. And he says... I, I'll do my best, but, you know... I gotta make sure you don't hurt yourself. Right. I have been at this for a long time. Well, I don't know. However old I am, not that long. But the point is, is that I have learned my own methods to my own madness. I do not need any help, and I toss Monday a look. Monday casually flips him off while uh, his back's turned. It's, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Claire, don't you right. dare say anything. Just be careful. It wouldn't matter if I said anything. Nobody can hear me. Just you. Fair enough. Um. Although if you faint, I'm definitely taking your body and going to the bar, okay? Oh, I don't think anybody wants to see that, Claire. No offense. Come on. It will be a wonderful time, full of debauchery and fun. Maybe we can do that when I feel a little bit less like shit. Do you know how much I've been... I've gotten my neck cut. I've... Uh, you know, it's it's been a time. I've also, uh... Your, your cyblast. Sometimes it's gone a little bit awry. That's, uh... Yes. I just learned, though... No, no, you're fine. You're fine. It's just... It... 
I'm going for a little bit of a toll at this point. I'm kind of worn out and I'm kind of in a crappy mood and I have nothing against El Tigre, but he shouldn't slap me. Then I'm going to say out loud, just give me 15 minutes with this. All right. And you'll have somebody who might know more about this situation and knows whatever I saw in there, which wasn't human. And uh, I'm not going to think about it, but be very careful around it. Or not. Your life's your own. Then I'm going to kind of walk out with the concilium into a different room. Um, so this apartment is like two rooms. Yeah, it has these accordion walls that can close off the surgery theater. And then on one side, it's like the kitchen and sort of all of that piece. And then the other side has the living quarters. And so there's like these multiple pods in this bigger room. And so there's like a couch and a sort of like shared living space. And then these pods where you could sleep. Uh, there's enough for everyone and like for three people and then somebody on the couch. Um, and then in the main room, uh, the the operating theater, there's a room that exits into the bathroom because obviously you're going to need to you know, go in there and wash your hands with hot water and soap and all that. So that's where the shower and stuff is. To be fair, I think I'm going to go into my little alcove and. OK, so you're going to go lay down in this mm-hmm. alcove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So you take the crystal concilium in there uh, while he's doing this. What's everyone else going to do? Monday's just going to chill for a second, meditate. Okay. Uh, do you want to roll meditation? Yeah. Uh, nine. Okay. So on a nine, you get a three key plus an extra two key. And Miller, are you doing anything in particular? Um, Make, making Miller hot is- cocoa? <laughs> Prepping the bags? Patching yourself up? You are pretty wounded. You have two points of life left, right? Two harm left. Yeah, Miller is going to bring some supplies into the room with Clarence and a piping hot mug of cocoa because, hey, you know, it helps. To give and to he's Clarence gonna start, or to drink no, himself? Um, no, he's going to drink it himself because <laughs> Clarence is going to go into uh, a state. He just wants to keep an eye on Clarence okay, while so he kind of like stitches himself up because, yeah, he's pretty hurt. He's really hurt. So Doc is going to lay down on the table and activate his angel AI Okay. to diagnose him. Great. Go ahead and roll three to wound. Okay. okay. Cool. Got an 11. Nice. Mm-hmm. So the AI doesn't fritz out on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the AI activates. Hello, doctor. Are you the patient? Uh, Yeah. Understood. Initiating the anatomical, neurological, and genetic exam link and medical AI system. And then a bunch of like these robot arms kind of come from under the table. And it's not like a human arm. It's like uh, sort of booms with multiple tiny little arms on it. And uh, I think you just know to like open up your shirt and stuff because you've got like these wounds and stuff. Um, And as it starts to look you over it says i have identified three micro fractures in the left second fourth and fifth ribs you also have several torn muscles in the transverse abdominal wall 
as well as several lacerations. I'm now initiating the wound treatments. Estimated time until all treatments complete, 14 minutes. And all these little arms fold over you and start to do little things and like injections and, you know, it, it starts giving you blood and fluids. And while that's happening, I think uh, about that time is when uh, Monday goes off to meditate and we'll cut over to Clarence inside of your bunk. So you put your hands on top of this uh, beautiful, perfectly smooth glass cube that has a white uh, kind of soft glow coming from inside of it, but a, a sort of rainbow pearlescence on all sides, giving it sort of this pinkish purple look from different angles. And there's a small device attached to one sort of the bottom of the cube so that it sits on a corner in a way you wouldn't normally see a cube sitting on a desk. And as you type in the numbers, you see pulsing light coming off of the cube and you put one hand on it. And as you do, you feel this unbridled rush, like a river pushing into your brain. Um, You feel your synapses just popping to life. It's like fireworks going off and you see yourself as a child. You see yourself on a train and across from you is a, a strange sort of handsome man with uh, with swords at his side. And you look over and there's this six foot tall armor just sitting there and the train is whizzing through the wastelands and you see strange creatures flying by the window and all these things and uh, moments pass like lightning striking in your brain as you see um, bandits and you feel yourself taking control of some of them and and violence and carnage and then later on you're face to face with these beings that feel more powerful than you one cutting open the side of the train with a single swipe of his blade and another creating a uh, a cloud out of sand and dust and jumping on and all of them riding away. You see a small baby who you feel this sort of kindred connection to sitting on a desk wearing military fatigues with a, a general's hat and somehow trusting you with something important. And you're, you're not quite sure what, but then you find yourself and your skin crawls as you uh, find yourself in a saloon and look up and notice that the saloon ceiling is covered with these massive locust cockroach type bugs. And you find yourself in the depths of a mine and just this woman spewing out all these bugs just becoming massive and then you see flashes of her mind of of her pulling herself out of this ooze this this radioactive waste and slowly bug upon bug building almost like a cellular structure and and looking at itself and saying i am alive and you find yourself moving forward like you're being pulled by something deep within you as all of these memories and images and thoughts are flashing uh, across your mind, you see the face of a fox and it's startling at first. It's just this fox, but he's wearing a cowboy hat and he seems to be just really rude. (laughs) And 
you see him pull his gun out so fast and in just one second, pop, 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 three zombies hit the floor. And all of a sudden there's zombies and what the hell, zombies are real? And you keep moving and you find yourself in a dark office building, but how do you know what an office building is? And and something is is deep in this building and it's scary and it's chasing you. And you find yourself moving again fast through all of these images and thoughts and and uh, feelings as uh, as you're on a hover ship and and you've got these resonance of this uh, howl happening in your mind as you get this sense of a being of of many beings called werewolves as as they cry out for help as you find yourself for the first time floating in the astral plane as you see uh, a vampire. Yes, a vampire standing across from you using blood as a weapon and and your friends. Yes, you have friends. Who are these friends? Kevin, the the, the fox-faced hunter, a bounty hunter, and and Gage, Gage Thane, a swordsman, a, a friend, a, someone who can wield the dust of the waste and crash it all comes apart and you're alone and it's silent and there's there's this crown there's this game of chess there's this this desire to change the will and you find yourself in a beautiful Elysian fields with a mountain off in the distance covered in dark clouds and lightnings and floating next to you is that same baby and a sense of of warmth and purpose and suddenly your mind is free and powerful and you're combining and congealing rocks and building and dust together into a monolith of a being and you find yourself inside of it with your friends and, and others and you're flying and you're in a place called space and it just keeps coming. These images just keep coming and you see this explosion and what feels like could be the end but it's not and you wake up and you you find yourself in a ceremony in a in a victory parade being this this strange feeling being honored you feel honored and you continue to see these images in these journeys and they come in pieces and they come in waves and some are fully formed and easy to access and others are locked and constrained and, and hard to grasp. And then as quickly as the river came, it's gone. Hello players, it's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper 
developer, whoever's running the game, the DM. So it's really simple. You print it out, you and your friends, and you can create mayhem for Christmas or you can save it. It's up to you. But we just released it. So if you're interested in getting that, just head on over to our website and click the download link. So that's all for now. I hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it. So back to the show. Play on. Clarence just starts screaming. <laughs> just, it's way too much for him. I kind of want him to just start kind of rocking the apartment a little bit with his telekinesis. Would I need to roll for that? Like, I don't really necessarily want to move things, but just suddenly, like, everything's kind of shaking. Almost like an earthquake. I don't think you need to roll for that. I think you hear from outside, Holy shit, not again! He kind of looks really alarmed because the machine is calibrated to him, so... You definitely feel like something pinched when it shouldn't. Like, oh, damn it. What the hell? One day is going to hear the shrieking and screaming, kind of glance over at the door, kind of glance over back to his pod and just uh, ignore the screaming. (laughs) Uh, I think the door flies open and Tuck is, like, right there. What does he see? How are you... I just have my, like, the little, the concilium is floating in front of me, but I just have my hands on top of my temples and my eyes squeeze shut, and I'm just screaming. Oh, hey, boss, it's okay. It's okay, you're here. Everything is okay. We're safe right now. You don't need to do your crazy mental earthquake thing. And then suddenly everything calms down, and... Clarence's hands drop from his head and he's just uh, kind of uh, deep gasping. <sighs> and then after a second, he kind of quiets down, blinks a couple times and says, God, I was a real asshole. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're back. Uh, how, how was the trip? I used to control people, Tuck, like they were puppets. They had this panicked look in their eyes and I had them say things and do things and they would die. I'm no better than my bosses. Everybody was in my pit. Everybody was in my court. And I kept telling myself it's okay. If I don't do this, I'll die. I was a monster. Who also saved the world. I'm pretty sure all of that was a huge hallucination. Unless zombies exist and vampires. And also space. Oh, that all happened. Checks out. That kind of checks out, yeah. That all happened. But I just hit this wall. Like, there was this, there was Gage, and he was a monster. Kind of like Miller. But also kind of like Monday. And then there was this fox, who, I forgot to 
do a promise for. And a baby who kept trying to mentor me in the most obnoxious way possible. And, and this other, there was a metal machine man and something called a copy bot that I went to rip apart this apartment over, but I won't do that. Um, and I hate chess. And I don't want to control anyone. Am I a monster, Tuck? Well, it sounds like you've been through a lot, buddy. Um, None of that made any sense to you, did it? And I don't hold that against you. It no, doesn't make it, sense to me. It sounds... It sounds like something you'd imagine hearing from somebody who was able to cross over the wall. So... Yeah, I guess you're pretty damn epic. How did I get here? I... And what do I do now? I, I can't go back to all of that. Because I'm here. And there's this man who has something inhuman in him. <laughs> I'm not some... I'm not a psychmancer. I'm... I'm a puppet show that closed down. I'm glad of it. I'm never going to control anyone. Ever again. I swore to myself, I have a feeling I've lived up to that promise. Mostly. Hmm. This is a lot. And mentally, I think, Clear, did you see all that? Yes. You've lived quite a storied life. Is the Clarence you see a monster? Well, the Clarence that I've known seems to be moving in a direction of bringing peace to others and protecting. And the Clarence from those memories seems to have saved a whole kingdom and possibly the world, which I'm in the world, so technically you saved me and all of the men in this room and everyone in this city. So, I think another word for Clarence might be hero. I have no connection to this person whatsoever. I, I don't... I don't do anything of the things he does. I'm neither as great nor as awful as him. It's... Are we sure these are my memories? And I'm going to, like, um, you know, kind of pawn around the paw at the, um... Concilium, like looking at it, squinting at it, like, because that, I mean, a lot of it does sound like me, like getting drunk out in the desert, uh, running away. No, I would never run away. I lost so much. I was so weak. I had to have a bodyguard. What? I'm a gladiator. The clearance of the past would never, ever get in an arena with anyone. I did it for fun. Who the hell is this person? This was a waste of time. And I kind of tossed the concilium to the side in disgust. 
I think as it like goes to fall out and even could potentially be damaged, you find it hovering and floating back towards you. And like, you know that Clear is doing this. And he says, Well, you don't seem to be connected at the moment, but maybe you didn't choose to be a gladiator. It seems like that was thrust upon you. And maybe you didn't choose to be a hero. It also seems like that was thrust upon you. I didn't choose to be an entourage, an escort, and help these people I care not for. But it seems like you were able to choose to help people you did care for. I'm going to use Total Recall for that memory of that trip with somebody who looked a lot like me. Because that was not immediate in, immediately in the river of memories. So I'm going to try for that. And fail miserably. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, not this session, baby. I think you remember a moment when you felt like you were trying to help and you picked up your buddy and you threw him and he ended up surrounded by these ghoul-like creatures and they kept biting him and biting him and he seemed to be able to power through it but you knew later that that was actually the cause of him becoming a lurker, what they call a vampire in this world. And uh, suddenly I kind of say, and again, it's, it's doesn't really sound like typical Clarence, but it doesn't, it's not the cruel, you shouldn't have done that Clarence of earlier, but it's more frantic and scared. It's like, it was going to be cool. I swear it was going to be cool. He would have been so proud of me, and he would have known that I was a contributor. It would have been so cool. Where am I? And I snap out of it. Uh, you're, you're in the Dr. Miller's apartment. You know, we got Del Tigre over there, and, uh, me, Tuck, your best buddy, uh, your compadre. The guy who, like, carries your hammer for you. Uh, you know, the guy you owe, like, five bucks to. That guy. Liar. You owe me. I remember. What? No way. I totally paid mm -hmm. you back. Sure. Maybe this thing is broken. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know what to do with any of that. That really did seem like kind of a waste of time. I feel just, I mean, learning I'm a clone is just as relevant as learning I saved some city and talked to some deranged psycho emperor into abdicating the throne. <sighs> Actually, that sounds pretty darn cool. I wish I could listen to like sounds a whole fake as hell. podcast full of that, so... uh What's a podcast? Shameless plug. <laughs> What's a podcast, precious? See next. I'm going to plug my thing. It's like the things you listen to when you're in the pod. Uh, yes, it sounds like 
an incredibly fake story. Remember the fake story I came up with the psychomancer, uh, rip and tear, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that might as well have been this. I don't know what to do with any of this. <sighs> One well, thing I, think- I didn't see was any dark, weird, red-eyed monsters, so back to square one. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, so... There cool. is some, cool, cool, cool. There is something in that head, Tuck. You know, maybe it's the reason they got a head in a glass jar and they're, like, fighting over it, so... Yes, very likely. I certainly didn't think it was, like, you know, f- Brad's head from, like, down the street, and they were like... Ah, put it on ice. Who knows? Maybe we'll want to bring him back around in a while or something. I mean, you saw what they did with Wrecking Ball. Maybe this is just what the rich do for fun. Uh, I'm just going to have a few spare parts. <laughs> Usually the head's not the spare part, but uh, maybe. Just, uh, just put my extra head in here. Just in case I need it later. You think if I had died that... Uh, if I had really died, uh, Rex would have just put my head into a little container. So I think everything shakes. Uh, Miller, the robot, you know, says, All treatments have completed, and everything is shipshape, as you have programmed me to say. My assessment is that you should take it easy for the next several weeks and stay away from any high-intensity situations. Rest well, Doctor. All right. Uh, thank you, Angel. And Doc is gonna... Can he Can he stand up now? Yep. Doc is gonna make his way over to Clarence's room right away. You know, still sore, walking uh, haltingly. Yeah, I think Tuck sees you and he's like, Hey, Doc, you're up in the bow. That's good. Doc says, kind of... Uh, winces a little bit and he says, yeah, barely. Uh, what the hell was going on in that room? I, I know Clarence said to leave him alone, but I mean, understandably, I'm a little bit concerned about the little guy. It's fine. I'm, uh, oh, I, uh, you're, you're okay. Sure. Sorry about that. Sorry for the ruckus. But as you can see, much like most of the time, I can take care of myself. Yeah, apparently he saved, like, the whole world. It was... What? It was awesome! Doc raises an eyebrow and he says, Talk about it in your own time if you care to, but... I'm glad you're okay. That's all I was concerned about, is all. No, I am a doctor, Um, as you know. Yes, doctor. In your professional opinion, am I a bad person? Well, Doc lights up a cigarette. That's a question you're just going to have to answer yourself. Whoever this person was, I'll occasionally use their memories, but... I don't feel much connection to them right now, to be honest. Yeah. Doc kind of chuckles a little bit to himself, and he says, Now, it's funny you mention that. Sometimes you think you know someone and you find out you don't really know them at all. I don't even know myself. No. That makes three of us. 
<laughs> uh, I do want to try one little thing. Clarence is going to kind of think, but that other Clarence was able to control people. Could I control Doc Miller for a second? I don't think it'll hurt. I can give it a try. So as Clarence tries this and he reaches out with his mind, he can see almost clearly in the thought form uh, the psychic energy of um, of Miller. And he reaches out in his psi form to, to grab a hold. And as he does, he gets this sharp pain in his mind, in his body, this like utter resistance and finds himself forced back into his body and just unable to cross that bridge. Miller, yeah. um, speaking of chess, did you know that you cannot move a, uh, a bishop uh, in straight lines? Yeah? Yeah, that Why? would be an illegal move, wouldn't it? I, I don't follow. You don't need to. I mean, I know what you're It's talk- not really for you. It's, uh, it's more for me. The bishop moves in diagonals. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm putting you off for a lot today. Let's check on, uh, uh, Monday before he decides to kick me out of the apartment. Well, it's my apartment, so... Well, partially. So, I get half the say. Well, you know, it's funny. I met him first. Before you. He's a good person. I know. Yeah. And I will get up and kind of wander over to where Monday is. I'm going to say at this point, Monday is pretty much done meditating. And he's just now starting to exit his pod and walk out of his room. Yeah, so all the pods are in the same room. They're stacked vertically. Okay, so Monday is going to kind of do what he usually does after meditating, which is uh, he starts doing these little stretches and kind of accumulates into this dance that he kind of does. Yeah, so you guys are like standing in front of... uh, I'm imagining Clarence, since he's short, is on the bottom bunk. So literally like, you know, two feet off the ground is the first bunk. And so he's like sitting with his butt in the bunk, but is kind of like sitting out of it. You know what I mean? Um, And then Doc is standing there talking to him. And all of a sudden the top bunk uh, opens up and Monday just slides out and like walks into like the, the common room with the big circular couch and everything and just starts stretching. Well, um... Hello, Monday. Monday's going to kind of resume stretching, kind of not really indicating that he heard Clarence there. Um, While this is happening, Monday, you get a call. Okay, Monday's going to abruptly stop stretching and then press the kind of press the side of his head there. Okay. The visor on his helmet kind of comes back up, so can't see his face anymore. So... You answer the call, right? Yeah. And uh, the voice on the other line is, <sighs> "Hey, uh, hey, uh, Monday. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There, there were some people here, and they were looking for you. 
and uh, yeah, they, you know, they they banged me up pretty good, but I got away, uh, you know, and I, I got those those chain guns didn't seem to do shit. Um, so yeah, I just want to let you know, people are on your tail, and and you you better you better not be anywhere people will look for you, cause cause this shit is real. Uh, oh, oh shit, uh, I gotta go. Okay, uh, uh, see you when I see you. And the call ends. So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, play on. Hello, players. It's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas and Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on